Hello there. My name is Brandon Everett, and I'm the lead content developer and mindfulness teacher for Be Mindful. There's two ways that you could be hearing this talk now. The first is that you stumbled across or you found the podcast that we now share uh, from Be Mindful. The other is that you're subscribed to our weekly classes. For more information about subscription, I recommend checking out BeMindful.com because in addition to this talk, there's more guided and focused practice to deepen both your experience of yourself and in meditation. And so the teaching that I wanted to share tonight, the way that I kind of wanted to introduce the guided meditation is to explore first what self-compassion is uh, as a practice and then explore how mindfulness or how meditation really can enable us to strengthen this capacity, this skill. So I want to begin, and I found this uh, so interesting as I was doing a little bit of research for class. And if, you know, I, I checked out here, this is et, Etym Online or uh, the Online Etymology Dictionary. And what they have as the description or the definition of what compassion is, it is this feeling of sorrow or deep tenderness for one who is experiencing suffering or misfortune. Again, compassion is feeling sorrow or deep tenderness for one who is experiencing suffering or misfortune. And what I find absolutely fascinating about this definition is that it shows kind of the dual role here of compassion. Compassion as this act, this gesture of being with suffering of, you know, and as it applies to self-compassion, that would mean to recognize and allow and to feel to feel as fully as we feel comfortable with whatever difficulty is arising in us. You know, maybe our discomfort arises in the distinct sensation of, you know, an emotion like anxiety or, um, or heartache. Maybe, uh, you know, how that arises for us is actually more physical. We just feel a physical tightening and tensing. Or maybe when we feel challenged and things are, are, you know, we're having a rough go of it, we recognize how suddenly our attention is almost exclusively with our thoughts and thinking, you know, and we notice how we might sense a kind of contracting around the thoughts. So the first step of compassion is to recognize and allow to feel that fully you know, to notice, you know, the contraction around the thoughts, the sensations arising within the body, or again, the emotions arising within the body. And again, to the extent that we feel comfortable, especially if this is a brand new topic to us, we explore, can I allow myself to be present with this discomfort? Can I allow the discomfort to arise and rather than rush to fix, to push away, 
to escape into problem solving or a narrative about how this is bad and wrong, rather than leave the body and leave the experience that I'm having, can I allow it to arise? And this would be this end of compassion that is feeling the sorrow, feeling the difficulty, feeling the discomfort. One of my favorite quotes uh, comes from Tibetan Buddhist nun Pema Chodron, who once wrote, to the extent that we can be present for our own discomfort, to that extent, we can be present for the discomfort of others. So it's this way in which, you know, kind of the first step of compassion is, can I allow myself to feel just as I'm feeling without diminishing it? degrading it or trying to deny it. Now, what I love about this definition, feeling sorrow or deep tenderness. Now, this is so interesting to me because, you know, I speaking impersonally here, everybody could have their own unique experience of how self-compassion arises or not in their experience. But feeling sorrow or deep tenderness There's this way that even as you try to define compassion, you know, there's this way in which the heart, this heart quality of tenderness, opening, being with, extending love and compassion, there's this way in which to open to difficulty, you know, the heart kind of knows no way, but to open to the difficulty with tenderness, with softness, with acceptance. And I find this so powerful because I think for, you know, speaking broadly here, if I, you know, if we had a classroom full of people and I said, who here feels confident and comfortable in their ability to extend compassion to themselves? I wonder how many hands would go up. But here, compassion or extending this to self-compassion, there's a way in which this is an inborn quality of, of our heart. It's an inborn quality in which, you know, when suffering arises in others, we might naturally feel, you know, the heart opens and extends outward toward, you know, like, if you have a pet cat that you love dearly and you walk in one day and you notice that the cat looks uncomfortable, you know, where they look sick or they look more tired. Oh, doesn't your heart just immediately just, <laughs> right? The action is, it's, it's just so quick. Okay. Or if a friend calls you, texts you, you know, lets you know that they're having a hard moment. Ooh, don't you just want to drop everything to open to them? So there's a way in which um, compassion, this act of feeling toward and being with the difficulty in life is innate. But where we can run into difficulty is self-compassion. That is to say that when we ourselves have a hard moment, when we ourselves feel, you know, we dropped the ball, we weren't prepared, we over-prepared, You know, we misspoke or we should have said something differently. Um, 
often it's in those moments that rather than meet ourselves with that same sense of, you know, it's all right, it's okay. You know, you're human and you'll get through this. Rather than meet ourselves with that same tenderness and openness, usually by habit, we tend to contract, tend to go into a narrative or a story about what we should have done differently. Or we might go into a narrative about how we're inadequate. We might go into a narrative about how we shouldn't be feeling these emotions. I'm calling these out because I'm pretty sure I've experienced, it's like Baskin Robbins. I've experienced all 32 flavors (laughs) of self-doubt and self-disparaging. And so I call these out. All right. So the point that I want to make here now, I kind of want to fold this back in and then pivot now. So the point I want to make is that compassion and self-compassion means to bring our attention to be with our own difficulty, however that arises, whether it feels more somatic and physical, whether it feels more emotional, or whether we recognize that psychologically, wow, I am really beating myself up here. The first step of self-compassion is to recognize that that's happening. And then to the extent that we feel comfortable, especially if it's bodily based, you know, a sensation or an emotion, can we allow ourselves to soften and let that emotion, those sensations be there without pushing down or denying? And then this intention of once we've allowed to then bring in, you could call the heart quality, what in this definition is described as deep tenderness. Can we begin to open to extending that same tenderness, which in this definition is innate, and which you may have recognized in your own experience comes out spontaneously in the presence of the suffering or difficulty of others? Can you just, it's kind of like, you know, we're that heart quality is like shining a light outward, right? To others, you know, a pet, a friend, a family member, a loved one. Can we shine that light of, of love and tenderness toward our own discomfort? And it might feel like a stretch, you know, but this is, actually where I wanted to tie in the definition of meditation, okay? So meditation means to become familiar with. The definition, this comes through um, primarily the Tibetan understanding of meditation, but meditation is the practice of becoming familiar with. So if we're gonna do a self-compassion meditation, what we're really doing is becoming familiar with our ability to extend and experience self-compassion. So built into this definition of meditation is the sense that, you know, like if uh, if we're talking about a fire, you know, this quality of self-compassion, it might feel um, so outside our realm of ordinary experience from day to day. That might be our experience of it. 
but we take the perspective that even if it feels so distant from us, that somewhere deep down, there's the slightest ember, right? There's something there. There's, there is something innate because we see it sh um, shine outward to others. There is something there. And we take that and we only need the smallest ember. And with self-compassion meditation, we get familiar with taking that ember, you know, it might feel like the slightest bit of heat and warmth but we take just the smallest ember and we become familiar with how we can use just that little bit to begin to extend self-compassion to ourselves. And here's what wraps this talk up before we get into the practices for the evening. Now, when we do this, when you practice self-compassion meditation, you know, there's kind of stages. And the first stage might be, this isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> this feels really stale and forced and, you know, it feels even like I'm doing it half-heartedly. Oh, that's definitely a stage, friend. Let's call that stage one. Stage two might be, you do start to become familiar with, you start to feel, wow, I can actually extend this nurturance, which so often goes outward. I can actually feel in my experience that it is being directed toward me now. And how wonderful that is to get to glimpse that. Now, if we keep practicing, you know, each day show up, do a little self-compassion practice, you'll find that this feeling of self-compassion, which arises kind of sporadically, you know, it only comes up if I try. You'll find that it becomes more and more innate arising spontaneously without effort, without you needing to try to experience self-compassion. And what the science has shown is that this correlates with a change in our being. And specifically, the research shows in our brain where, you know, a way of responding moves from state to trait. It moves from being something that happens only periodically, only if we're trying and then kind of diminishes rather quickly to being an enduring way in which we meet ourselves, others, and the world. So this is, this is the promise. This is the potential of self-compassion meditation to take what now may feel like the slightest, um, you know, part of us this kind of meager ability, or maybe it just feels absent altogether. But to begin to work with that so that it feels less like something we're striving for, less like something we're seeking for, more like something we're cultivating. And then in the end, just the return of an ability that was always there. <laughs> 